Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, my beloved family. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. And some of you are going to say, well, you mean you're doing fine, Mother? Haven't you read the Pope's, Pope Francis's new motu proprio? Oh, if I have, I have, I have, I have. Yes. And I'm going to read it a word for word to you. Um, because many of you, if not most of you, have not yet read it. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe not, but you've not yet read it. And so if I just talk about it, you're going to say, what are you talking about? So I'm going to read it to you, um, <clears throat> and then we'll comment some. And uh, I want to read you Cardinal Mueller's uh, response to that motu proprio, the letter from the Holy Father. Um, Cardinal Mueller is the... Um, uh, uh, Prefect Emeritus of the Doctrine of the Congregation of Divine Worship, the do- Doctrine of the Faith. So, um, not Divine Worship, but the uh, uh, Doctrine of the Faith. So, he is uh, he's excellent, he's orthodox, he's holy, he's wonderful, and um, what he writes is better than any one of us can probably write. So I'm going to read it to you. We probably won't have time for both today. But uh, let me read you first the um, the Pope's, it's, it's titled Traditionis Custodis, and that is translated um, Guardians of Tradition. Uh, and it, it's, uh, it's a letter on the use of the Roman liturgy prior to the reform of 1970. Dear ones, um, <clears throat> it has to do with the traditional Mass, uh, the traditional Roman Catholic Mass, sometimes called the Tridentine Mass, the Mass sometimes called the Mass of the Ages, the Mass that was the only Mass prior to Vatican II. And I've mentioned to you before that um, we did go to the uh, traditional Mass. We, as a community, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, uh, in Tulsa and prior to that in St. Louis, here in Beloit, uh, we do not have the traditional Mass. We go to the Novus Ordo. As a, the priest is wonderful. It's the only Catholic church in Beloit. He's a very holy, wonderful priest, and it's a very reverent Novus Ordo Um and uh, the the uh, Bishop Vicky of the Diocese of Salina that we are in has just appointed um, a wonderful priest, another wonderful priest who does celebrate the Latin Mass to be the uh, assistant, a uh, pastor, the um, the vicar of our local church. So, uh, and he celebrates normally the Latin Mass on Saturday. So, we have hope of of what may be coming. Um, here to Beloit, and we're very pleased about it. But in the interim, the Holy Father has put out this, um, oh, I I don't know what to call it, this motu proprio. And um, I'm just, I'd like to tell you what I think, but I won't. I'm going to read it to you so you can get the sense of it. 
And this is the official English translation. <clears throat> it begins, Guardians of the... And it came out Thursday, by the way, on Our Lady of Mount Carmel, uh, July 16th, this past Thursday. Guardians of the tradition, the bishops in communion with the Bishop of Rome, constitute the visible principle and foundation of the unity of their particular churches. Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit through the proclamation of the gospel and by means of the celebration of the Eucharist, they govern the particular churches entrusted to them. <clears throat> In order, the Pope continues, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to withhold, it's going to take a lot of um, control on my part, I'm going to withhold comments. So everything I read are the Holy Father's words through this document. In order to promote the concord and unity of the church with paternal solicitude toward those who in any region adhere to the liturgical forms antecedent to the reform willed by the Vatican Council II, my venerable predecessors, St. John Paul II and Benedict XVI, granted and regulated the faculty to use the Roman Missal edited by John the 23rd in 1962. In this way, they intended to facilitate the ecclesial common, uh, rather the ecclesial communion of those Catholics who feel attached to some earlier liturgical forms and not to others. In line with the initiative of my venerable predecessor, Benedict the 16th, to invite the bishops to assess the application of the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum. These uh, Samorum Pontificum, three years after its publication, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith carried out a detailed consultation of the bishops in 2020. The results have been carefully considered in the light of experience that has matured during these years. I don't know how I introduced Cardinal Mueller, but he was prefect, the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. <clears throat> Past tense. At this time, having considered the wishes expressed by the Episcopate and having heard the opinion of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, I now desire, with this apostolic letter, to press on evermore in the constant search for ecclesial communion. Therefore, I have considered it appropriate to establish the following. Number one, the liturgical books promulgated by St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II in conformity with the decrees of Vatican Council II are the unique expression of the Lex Orande of the Roman Rite. For those of you who are not sure, Lex Orande is the law of prayer of the Roman Rite. Article 2. It belongs to the diocesan bishop as moderator, promoter, and guardian of the whole liturgical life of the particular church entrusted to him to regulate the liturgical celebrations of his diocese. Therefore... It is his exclusive competence to authorize the use of the 1962 Roman Missal in his diocese according to the guidelines of the Apostolic See. 
I should say that Samorum Pontificum of Pope Benedict XVI uh, had no limits on the 1962 Roman Missal on the laity or the priests. The priests, the laity, needed no permission from their bishop, uh, according to that motu proprio, in order to celebrate it. Okay, I'm sorry that I, I'm not commenting my opinion here. I'm just uh, just telling you the contrast between the two. Article 3. The bishop of the diocese, in which until now there exists one or more groups that celebrate according to the Missal antecedent to the reform of 1970. Number 1. Is to, the bishop is to determine that these groups do not deny the validity and the legitimacy of the liturgical form dictated by Vatican Council II and the Magisterium of the Supreme Pontiffs. Two, the bishop is to designate one or more locations where the faithful adherents of these groups may gather for the Eucharistic celebration, not, however, in the parochial churches and without the erection of new personal parishes. Number three, to establish at the designated locations the days on which Eucharistic celebrations are permitted using the Roman Missal promulgated by St. John the 23rd in 1962. In these celebrations, the readings are proclaimed in the vernacular language using translations of the sacred scripture approved for liturgical use by the respective Episcopal conferences. And beloved, if you're missing any of this or you need me to repeat some, just look it up online. Traditionis, um, um, oh dear, I forgot the title already. Traditionis Cadotis, Custodis, uh, C-U-S-T-O-D-E-S. Um, it's the custodians of tradition is what it, how it translates. Article 3. <clears throat> um, we're in Article 3, and point 3 of Article 3. The bishop is to establish at the designated locations the days on which Eucharistic celebrations are permitted using the Roman Missal promulgated by St. John the 23rd in 1962. In these celebrations, the readings are proclaimed in the vernacular language using translations of the sacred scripture approved for liturgical use by the respective Episcopal conferences. Sorry, I just repeated that. Article number four. To appoint a priest, the bishop is to appoint a priest who, as delegate of the bishop, is entrusted with these celebrations and with the pastoral care of these groups of the faithful. This priest should be suited for this responsibility, skilled in the use of the Missal Romanum, antecedent to the Reform of 1970, possess a knowledge of the Latin language sufficient for a thorough comprehension of the rubrics and liturgical texts, and be animated by a lively pastoral charity and by a sense of ecclesial communion. This priest should have at heart not only the correct celebration of the liturgy, but also the pastoral and spiritual care of the faithful. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We will continue with point five as soon as we come back. Don't go away.
the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic, has enriched my faith, and told me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of reading uh, the Holy Father's uh, Motu Proprio, titled Traditionis Custodis, uh, the Guardians of Tradition, that came out this past Thursday. We are on point five of Article 3. The bishop is to proceed suitably to verify that the parishes canonically erected for the benefit of these faithful are effective for their spiritual growth and to determine whether or not to retain them. Number six of Article 3, the bishop is to take care not to authorize the establishment of new groups. Article 4, priests ordained after the publication of the present motu proprio, who wish to celebrate using the Missal Romanum of 1962, should submit a formal request to the diocesan bishop who shall consult the Apostolic See before granting this authorization. Article 5. Priests who already celebrate according to the Missali Romanum of 1962 should request from the diocesan bishop the authorization to continue to enjoy this faculty. Article 6. Institutes of consecrated life 
and Societies of Apostolic Life, erected by the Pontifical Commission Ecclesia Dei, fall under the competence of the Congregation for Institutes of Congregation of Consecrated Life and Societies for Apostolic Life, Article 7. The Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments and the Congregation for Institutes of Congregated Life, Consecrated Life, and Societies for Apostolic Life for matters of their particular competence exercise the authority of the Holy See with respect to the observance of these provisions. Article 8. Previous norms, instructions, permissions, and customs that do not conform to the provisions of the present motu proprio are abrogated. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to continue this. If, if you've been confused, well, let me just, there's one, one more paragraph. Everything, the Pope says, everything that I have declared in this apostolic letter in the form of motu proprio, I order to be observed in all its parts, anything else to the contrary, notwithstanding, even if worthy of particular mention, and I establish that it be promulgated by way of publication in L'Observatore Romano, entering immediately in force, and subsequently that it be published in the official commentary of the Holy See. All right. And this is Acta Apostolicae Sedis, the Act of the Apostolic See, given at Rome, uh, St. John Lateran, 16th July 2021, the liturgical memorial of Our Lady of Mount Carmel in the ninth year of our pontif- pontificate. Um, if you've just heard this or read it for the first time and you say, Mother, could you tell me in, in plain English what you just read? Yes. Um, what I just read uh, is to say, if I could... Um, speak in the vernacular, as the Pope says, um, the Holy Father has just pretty much shut down the Latin Mass. Um, He wanted it obeyed immediately, and he put it out on Thursday, three days before Sunday Mass. Um, I'm going to read to you Cardinal Mueller um, on the new traditional Latin Mass restrictions. uh, he's, He's a theologian, He's a cardinal of the church. He's um, uh, as trustworthy as you could find. Um, I'm, I also expect that Cardinal Raymond Burke will come out on a statement for the faithful. Um, cardinal Mueller is the past prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of, of Worship that um, um, uh, is the church's protector, that, uh, that uh, arm of the magisterium. On doctrine, and he had been head of it until I think his term was up, and uh, Pope Benedict, Pope uh, Francis uh, replaced him. Um, let me try to begin to read this. Um, if we hear the the ending music, we will take your calls during the next half hour. We will your calls, your texts, and your emails at the second break. So we won't have too much time. We won't be able to complete this today, but we'll continue it tomorrow. So again, this is by Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, and it came out today. 
and it reads, The Pope's intention with this motu proprio, traditionis cadotis, custodis, is to secure or restore the unity of the Church. The proposed means for this is the total unification of the Roman Rite, R-I-T-E, in the form of the Missal of Pope of Paul VI, including its subsequent variations. Therefore, the celebration of Mass in the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite, as introduced by Pope Benedict XVI with Samorum Pontificum in 2007 on the basis of the Missal that existed from Pius V, in 1570 to John the 23rd in 1962 has been drastically restricted. The clear intent is to condemn the extraordinary form to extinction in the long run. I'm going to repeat that sentence. This is from Cardinal Mueller. The clear intent of the Holy Father's current motu proprio entitled Traditionis Custodis, the clear intent is to condemn the extraordinary form to extinction in the long run. Uh, Cardinal Muller continues, in his letter to the bishops of the whole world, which accompanies the motu proprio, Pope Francis tries to explain the motives that have caused him, as the bearer of the supreme authority of the Church, to limit the liturgy in the extraordinary form. Beyond the presentation of his subjective reactions, however, a stringent and logically comprehensible theological argumentation would also have been appropriate. For papal authority does not consist in superficially demanding from the faithful mere obedience, that is, a formal submission of the will, but much more essentially in enabling the faithful also to be convinced with the consent of the mind. As St. Paul, courteously, um, courteous towards his often quite unruly Corinthians, said, quote, In the church, I would rather speak five words with my mind so as to instruct others also than 10,000 words in tongues. This dichotomy between good intention, this is Cardinal Mueller, this dichotomy between good intention and poor execution always arises where the objections of competent employees are perceived as an an obstruction of their superiors' intentions and which are therefore not even offered. As welcome as the references to Vatican II may be, care must be taken to ensure that the council's statements are used precisely and in context. The quotation from St. Augustine about membership in the church, quote, according to the body and according to the heart, Lumen Gentium 14, refers to the full church membership of the Catholic faith. It consists in the visible incorporation into the body of Christ, creedal, sacramental, ecclesial, hierarchical communion as well as in the union of heart, that is, in the Holy Spirit. What this means, however, is not obedience to the Pope and the bishops in the discipline of the sacraments, but sanctifying grace, which fully involves us in the invisible church 
as communion with the triune God. I know this is going to be pretty difficult to follow, um, but it's a first um, full response from a very honored, respective, good cardinal of the church. And you can you can find it um, at thecatholicthing.org. That's uh, Robert Royal um, is outstanding. And the website is thecatholicthing.org. <clears throat> I'm going to continue. Hold on now. Let me read one more paragraph before our break. For the unity in the confession of the revealed faith and the celebration of the mysteries of grace in the seven sacraments by no means require sterile uniformity in the external liturgical form, as if the church were like one of the international hotel chains with their homogenous design. The unity of believers with one another is rooted in unity in God through faith, hope, and love, and has nothing to do with uniformity in appearance, the lockstep of a military formation, or the group think of the big tech age. <clears throat> Beloved, um, I don't think we'll have time to continue reading. It's probably going to take us a couple of days to read through this. You can go to, you can look up Traditionis Custodis uh, on the internet and read the official document is on the Vatican website and, and all over the place. You'll not have a problem finding it. And to read the full combat of Cardinal uh, Mueller, uh, just go to the Catholic thing, one word, thecatholicthing.org, and you will find it. Um, it's Cardinal Mueller on the new uh, TLM restrictions, TLM meaning traditional Latin mass. Um, I'm going to tell you, um, in my opinion, beloved, um, so uh, if you ask me what I think, I can go further, <clears throat> but uh, I believe it is an act of violence from Pope Francis on the faithful and on the entire church. I think his motu proprio is an act of of violence, I also do not believe that it's of God. I don't say whether he's the true Pope or not. I've never discussed that. It's not for me to know. I assume he is. Um, but this motu proprio is not from God. And you say, Mother Miriam, who are you to say such a thing? Who do you think you are? I'm a sheep. And the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. This is not the voice of a shepherd and let alone the supreme shepherd of the Roman Catholic Church, unless uh, he is um, uh, not the shepherd the church should have. I, I, I don't know more than that. I can't say it. It's an act of violence on the entire church, and it is not from God. I have no doubt in saying this. I don't say the Holy Father is not from God. I say this motu proprio is not from God to the sheep. Zero. Okay, we'll be right back and we will take your calls. Texts and emails toll free. The number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at 
thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved Mother Miriam live. We have our half hour all to ourselves and I would be thrilled to take your calls, your emails, your texts. We are discussing, we have been discussing the Holy Father's new motu proprio uh, titled Traditionis Custodis. Custodis. I may not be pronouncing it uh, very well. I'm so sorry if I missed that. Traditionis Custodis, uh, meaning the uh, custodians of tradition and uh, our chief custodian of tradition, the Holy Father, has just um, committed a tremendous act of violence on the church and the faithful. Um, and I said before the break, it is not of God. Um, and again, I want to clarify, I'm not saying the Holy Father is not of God. Uh, personally, there's no way for me to judge him or the papal situation at present. But I can tell you, because the sheep know the voice of the shepherd, it is not of God. <clears throat> what obedience is due it, I have no idea. I'm not a canon lawyer. I've read several articles that um, discuss the obedience that is due to it, and I'm reading one now from Cardinal Mueller at the website thecatholicthing.org, and I would suggest you go there 
Um, we'll continue this tomorrow, but go ahead to the Catholic site, uh, thecatholicthing.org. Very, very trustworthy, Dr. Robert Royal. And um, I know that there will uh, be others, Cardinal Burke and, um, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting, um, uh, uh, Father Gerald Murray, a uh, fabulous Catholic uh, priest and, and canon lawyer who will come out to help us in this come out with papers, but I'm I'm very grateful for Cardinal Mueller coming out with something so quickly because the motu proprio came out only this Thursday and it was to be effective immediately, which means that yesterday uh, nobody uh, should have been able to go to church in the extraordinary form. It's, it's just um, uh, it's insanity and again, uh, just an, an act of violence, not from the heart of she- the shepherd a shepherd at all. <clears throat> we have an email from Laura. Laura says, I've always wondered how your radio career originally started. Can you share that story with us? I don't have a radio career, Laura. Um, I don't have any career. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm graced enough to be a child of God and uh, to be a religious and to be able to... Um, uh, to help others to know Christ, that's all I live for. But uh, when I, uh, three years, I think it was after I became Catholic, um, I had been asked to um, give a couple of talks by St. Joseph Radio at the time under Lou Cortese, and um, they were taped, and uh, Catholic Answers, uh, in my mind, the number one apologetics organization on the face of the earth, certainly in this country, in North America, um, invited me on their radio program, Catholic Answers Live. So I went, first time ever. And um, that was in 1998, and uh, or 99, I forget. And then they invited me back to do a second and a third. And then Carl Keating, uh, the founder of uh, Catholic Answers, who has now retired, um, just a magnificent man of God. And it's uh, Catholic Answers is now headed by Chris... Um, um, uh, what's my problem? Chris check. Um, oh, I can't even get your name right. Um, I have to look it up, but, um, uh, Christopher check rather, uh, forgive me, Christopher check. He's fantastic. The whole, um, um, apostolate is fantastic. So Carl Keating invited me on staff and I went as one of their apologists, new Catholic that I was. And I was on the radio program with them once a month. Somebody, some people think that Catholic Answers is simply Catholic Answers Live, the radio program. It is not. They have a staff, when I left, of over 40 people. I don't know how many they have now. But tremendous apologists. They do conferences, um, radio program, uh, Catholic Answers magazine, the best apologetics magazine you could ever find. Um, they, many, many things they have, uh, you know, um, not, you know, but, uh, apologetic staff to answer questions. Uh, if you go on their website, catholic.com, I think it's the number one Catholic website in the world. You can ask any question in the question box. So Laura, you gave me an opportunity to say what a wonderful apostolate they are. And I was with them full time for nine years until, uh, through the mercy of God, uh, this religious congregation began. I was able to found it at the invitation of Cardinal Raymond Burke back in 2008. Um, 
But through Catholic Answers, many other Catholic radio stations have invited me to do different programs. And then um, I was on um, Immaculate Heart Radio for a while and until... Uh, they merged with Relevant Radio, and Relevant Radio put me off, and and then the Station of the Cross asked me to do a program with them. So I'm just very honored, um, and particularly now, I think I've told you before, all of you, that um, I could not be more happy or more honored to be on Station of the Cross, the Station of the Cross, um, and then because of the Station of the Cross, the program is now live streamed, has been for a while on LifeSite News, two outstanding apostolates. And if I didn't trust them as I do, I would not be on. So, Laura, thanks for giving me the opportunity to say that. Both those apostolates, um, the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, are utterly, utterly utterly worthy of your support. If you're wondering where to give funds, how to give to God, um, first your local parish always, uh, and then um, and then worthy apostolates, and I recommend those two. Um, we have a, uh, a note on Facebook from Mary Ellen who says, I'm 65 years of age. How can I join your order, Mother? Thank you and God bless. Go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Uh, click on vocation. You can download our full charism, and I would suggest you read that. And if you still wish to join after you read that, just go to the contact page and email us at vocationinquiry at motherofisraelhope.org. It's on the, and then we will send you a vocation questionnaire and we'll get the process started. At the moment, I've mentioned before, you know we're in Beloit. Um, we have been working beautifully on a, uh, a house that we bought, 6,000 square feet, and we have uh, 13 cells in there now. Um, and uh, we take women of all ages, but we we absolutely maintain a balance. So I have announced that we are taking uh, nine women from uh, ages 18 to uh, 28, nine women ages 18 to 28, four women ages 29 to 40. And then we have about 100 applications from women over 40. And so we will take them. We've had the whole summer uh, since I've been announcing this. And we do have women. We've had three women at a time is all we have room for here in our temporary quarters, uh, additional three rooms. So we've had retreats, discernment retreats, two weeks at a time, going throughout the entire summer. And from those retreats, we do have women that are going to enter in the fall um, um, once we're in our new home. So we no longer need nine and four, just a few less, but... uh, um, you're in, you're welcome to come. We still are taking women in. We still are going to continue the retreats. Um, we have three women with us now. We'll have four women with us next month because two of them are not averse to sharing a bunk bed. So um, go ahead and, you know, when we fill the house, um, again, but we're going to say no to some people uh, because we can't take 100 women to begin with and we have many, many applications of women over 40 and uh, in, into, into their 80s. So, And we've had women in their 80s come over the summer. So we'll have a mixture of everyone here. 
once we have a good foundation in this home, um, we'll either build a monastery or add on to it or do something. So Mary Ellen, don't hesitate to write even now. It's, it'll be all right. Um, what we're doing is it's not first come, first serve. Absolutely not. It's the most suited. We need to build a foundation on the women who are most suited to religious life, to our charism, to what we're doing, and our pioneers, um, and who love the Catholic Church. So you may have submitted an application uh, next last year, and we get a new application tomorrow, and that person may be invited first because she may be more suited. So... Um, uh, in personality, in experience, in holiness, in doctrine, understanding of the faith, all of that. That's why we have the discernment retreats to, to begin to, um, to help us and others to know who would be most suited for the foundation. It's really at this point a foundation because we were cut off in Tulsa um, and so uh, we weren't able to bring women in. We have an email in, uh, from Janelle who says, Hi, Mother. Uh, Mother Miriam, I was wondering if you have any upcoming conferences in which you'll be speaking. I'd like to hear you speak in person someday and maybe even meet you myself. I've been a regular listener for quite some time and I love your show. Thank you, Janelle. And she writes, Thank you for your devotion to our faith and your strong will in these trying times. Thank you, dear Janelle. I, to my recollection at the moment, um, have not scheduled any more conferences. It's not that I will not. It's that I have not. Um, I did a conference last month, the Sacred Liturgy Conference in uh, Spokane, Washington. And there, if you look at Sacred Liturgy Conference, all their speakers are online. So my talk will be online. Um, And there it was in person. Um, But um, And I have other talks that have been online that have been done in person and some by Zoom or video. But at the moment, dear one, um, I don't have any live conferences scheduled. I'll probably be speaking sometimes locally here in the Diocese of Salina, but even there, there I don't have anything scheduled at the moment. Uh, my focus is really getting us established right now um, in the diocese and taking the women in who are going to really make a good foundation. Um, We have an email from somebody who writes in Anonymous. Mother, I'm sure you've heard that Father Oldman recently had his priestly duties revoked. Yes, I have. Are you concerned that there will come a day when you, capital letters, you will uh, face chastisement for speaking the truth? Well, I have. I've been thrown out. I've put out, thrown out, sort of, of two dioceses. I've put off a radio program uh, network. Um, I've had uh, every bishop I contacted in four years say no to me, and it's mostly because of uh, my voice on the radio. And so uh, Bishop Vinky of Diocese of Salina has invited me. I praise God for him, um, and I ask you to pray for that bishop. Um, uh, Bishop Vinky, who has invited me here, um, there's it, it's it, there's there are concerns, uh, and um, I ask you to pray for us and pray for the bishop, and uh, pray for God's church. Pray for God's church, and I will say at this point that all those who attend the Latin Mass, the extraordinary form, the Tridentine Mass, uh, who have uh, who are the subject 
of the Holy Father's latest motu proprio, which aim is to shut down the Mass entirely. Um, This is just the process of shutting it down. Um, And I've said before, I do not believe it's of God. Um, It's an act of violence on the Church and on the faithful. Um, Don't be alarmed. Don't... uh, this is a time for us to know that nothing touches us that God doesn't allow. And be calm, be faithful, grow in holiness, and trust God. Stay close to God, close to the sacraments, continue life as it has been going, and just let God determine what step happens next for you. Um, we have our last break coming up, dear ones. You'll be welcome to call in after the break, toll-free, one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the station of the cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m., We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture. Or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and again, we have... uh, at least 10 minutes, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. Um, we are going to go to, let me see now, um, 
an email from, again, someone who writes in anonymously. It's not a problem to write in anonymously, beloved, um, at all. You can call anonymously, too. I don't want anyone to be stopped uh, from that because they are not in a position to give their name. It's not an issue ever. This uh, anonymous one writes in, Can a Catholic in good standing listen to non-Catholic music as long as it does not contain profanity, crude subject matter, etc. Absolutely, yes. Um, any Catholic can, can can listen to non-Catholic music. If, if um, you know, uh, from my point of view, uh, I do not listen to non-Catholic music. There's beautiful classical music. Um, there might be non-Catholic music I would listen to. I, I can't think of what it is because I don't. But um, I don't have the desire to. But as far as uh, Catholic music or non-Catholic music, films, anything else, uh, do, would I watch a non-Catholic film? Yes. Where there's truth, it's Catholic. Any place that there's truth, it's Catholic. Don't worry. It doesn't have to be specifically Catholic. It doesn't have to have the word Catholic. But if it's truth, if it's moral, it's Catholic. That's it. And so no problem with that. I, uh, what I want to say, um, I won't listen to um, any music or watch a film, whether it's Catholic or not, that does not draw my heart to God and to his beauty and the truths of the faith. If I watch, I can listen to Protestant music, but I usually don't, and I usually don't want to. Because, uh, again, I, I, you know that I spent 18 years um, as a Protestant evangelical trying to save Catholics. So when I listen to the music, I know it's music from uh, a, a branch of Christianity that has broken off from the Catholic Church, which says it's, it's, it's in heresy uh, to not be under the Pope and all of that. And so... Um, I, I, it, it makes my heart sad and ill. I won't listen to it, even though it's beautiful and contains truth, no question. But I know it is from those who reject the church Christ has founded, and it's painful to me, so I won't listen to it. I can watch good movies. Uh, I've watched many movies that are, we watch maybe one film a month here, but once in a while, too, it depends. But, um, and again, they don't have to be Catholic, but they must draw our hearts to God. Otherwise, why watch them? Somebody could say, there's no violence, there's no nothing immoral in the movie. That's not a recommendation for me. I want to know that it's good and moral and will draw our hearts to God. That's me. I don't want to be infected or by anything else, or I don't want my heart taken. So yes, a Catholic of good standing can listen to non-Catholic music. Um, but I would just really, when you finish listening to the song or in the midst of it, see where your heart is. Is your heart drawn to God, to the Blessed Mother, to the saints, to the sacraments, to the church God has given on earth? Because if it's not, I wouldn't waste time because you are not feeding yourself the most valuable food. We have an email from Ed who writes, um, I often find myself getting very frustrated when other people display an egotistical, narcissistic, or all-knowing 
um, attitude, which is commonly referred to as being full of oneself. I know that God would never want me to hold that frustration in my heart, but it's something I struggle with. Can you offer me any advice? I can, dear Ed. I, I, I think the advice is going to be difficult for you, but I can. Years ago, I think at the end of Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, I read, but I've heard of it since, that when something bothers us in other people, it is probably the case that that thing, that lack of virtue, whatever it is, is something we struggle with as well. Um, I may recognize someone being full of themselves and egotistical and all-knowing. I may recognize it, and I might feel a little bad for them that they're not freer in the truth. Um, And I would pray for them because there's nothing attractive about that, and it means that they're kind of bound up and they're not free. Um, So I would pray for them. But if someone has a trait that really, really bothers me, frustrates me, um, I have to look inward. I have to look inward. That's why our Lord says, take the beam out of your own eye, um, the log out of your own eye, before you uh, can remove the speck in, in your brother's eye. Because the reason we recognize those things in other people, because they're in us. And again, we can recognize them without being affected, but if we're frustrated and angry or whatever our response is negatively, it is because that same thing is in us, because we see it so clearly, we recognize it so clearly. So, Ed, in that state, in that uh, circumstance, I would say, dear Lord, nothing touches me that you don't allow. And if I'm getting so, so frustrated, Lord, you're not frustrated about those characteristics in other people. You know our fallenness. You know our egotism. You know all that. It doesn't frustrate you. If I'm frustrated, I'm the one that has a problem. And I believe, Lord, that the reason I'm frustrated on this is because you are showing me a mirror of myself in some way, in some way. Either maybe I don't do the same things, maybe I don't say the same things, maybe I don't think the same way, things, but what is somebody's motive behind being egotistical, narcissistic, or all-knowing? What is their motive? What is their attitude? They're insecure. Someone who's egotistical is insecure. Narcissistic is totally being focused on yourself. An all-knowing attitude. You are totally focused on yourself. Self-love you are insecure. You need to be approved. And so if we recognize someone's desperate call for needing love and approval, we can reach out to them with love. And so perhaps, I can't say it, Ed, but perhaps something in you is responding to that. Something in you wants to be recognized and approved and loved and all of that. And where do they come off uh, begging for it? You know, I don't know. It happened to me once years ago. Uh, someone I knew and I was very close to, as actually a cousin, um, drove me up a wall. And I, I read this perspective that it must be in me. And I said, it's not in me. I am not like that at all. And then I looked at her motive behind why she did that, and there I found myself. I had that motive. So 
I say, there is my poverty, and God is gracious enough to show it to me through another person. Um, just like the disciples were frustrated when uh, the one said, I want to be on the, your right hand, I want to be, the mother said, let my son be on your right, let, my, let this one be on your left, and, and Jesus said, that's not for me to appoint, it's only for the Father. And the at that point, the other disciples um, snarled at them, they mocked them because they wanted such things, and the only reason they came against them is because they wanted the same thing. It's jealousy, which is not of God. So, Ed, I hope uh, in some way that gave you some thoughts on how to deal with it. Go before God and thank Him for your reaction, your negative reaction, because God wants to free you of something and purify you so that you'll be free. All right, God bless you all, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.